to the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. You hear that? The Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. Let's go Giants. Good evening and welcome back, Giants fans, to the latest edition of the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. Uh, this time we are 67% British, 33% Irish, but absolutely still, as always, 100% Giants. Producer Craig can't move us this evening, um, but Kev's back. Kev's back. Um, and we're looking ahead to the uh, the first 1pm kickoff of the season for the Giants as we head down to South Beach to take on the Miami Dolphins, who are looking... Rather impressive to start the season, lads. How are we doing? Yeah, not too bad. Um, hopefully, try and get some positivity going after last night's antics. Um, but yeah, you know, it's good good being back on. Great to have Kev on. I feel like I spoke or seen to Kev for a while. So yeah, it's good to uh, get going again. Yeah, so good to be back on. I mean, it feels like feels like ages have been on, you know, with certain stuff going on, but it's nice to get the OGs back in the house. And uh, although we do miss Craig, obviously, he keeps things ticking over. He keeps us, he's the glue that keeps us together. It's nice to get on with you boys again. Yes, the uh, original three, isn't it? So uh, it's, um, it's weird not having Craig on, but at the same time, it's, it's cool having just the three of us, you know, it's, as it was when we first kicked this thing off, what, two and a half years ago now? Um it's been that long, I know. <laughs> where's that? Where's that time gone? You think nah, we'd be but, better yeah. now, wouldn't you? I mean, you think we would be absolute pros by now, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're no, I mean, I'm in the team. Yeah. I was going to say, you want to be the team about us? <laughs> oh, we're we're class. We, we've developed. We've we've uh, we've drafted well. We've uh, spent well in free agency. <laughs> you know, we've we've put good film out there for people. It's the team I'm talking about. I mean. Yeah, the the team you'd think two and a half years down the line would be better, but yeah, there's um, there's it's not been a great start to the season. Let's put it that way. Um, well, we'll be predicting uh, this week's game at the end of the pod tonight. So let us know your uh, score predictions in the comments, um, and don't forget also you can get fifteen percent off at usasports.co.uk by using the code Big Blue. And also, as always, we are in association and proudly in association with Andy's Man Club. It's okay to talk, lads. So open up, talk football, and uh, let's go through this together because, um, you know, we all, we all love to talk football. Uh, before we get into the Dolphins um, game, though, during last night's pod, uh, Evan Neal's comments regarding being booed and in reference to Giants fans were revealed. And it really didn't go down particularly well with not just with us but the the Giants fan base in general uh, and I'm not surprised at all he has since offered an apology this morning and he posted on Twitter and said um, I quote I'm wrong for lashing out of the fans who are just as passionate and frustrated as I am I let my frustrations in my play and desire to win get the best of me I had no right to make light of anyone's job and I deeply regret the things I said we're working day in and day out to grow as a team and this was an unnecessary distraction I apologize um, personally, he's just doing that to save face because the uh, the PR team and the media team have probably told him and said, you need to put out an apology. Um, 
I mean, does it sound from the heart and genuine? Don't know. Not really. It just sounds like it's a it's an apology. So it's a it's an interesting one. Kev, we all gave our opinions last night. Um, but what did you make of what was said? Um, I think it's awful. I think it shows like no a real lack of self awareness. Um, you know, you, when you say those type of things, I know you're frustrated. Um, but but the way he sort of like said it and the, and the things he said, like you, you can't be. You can't be saying those things to the fans because you will never win the fan battle. Like the fans will be here before you, the fans will be here after you. Um, it was a massive, massive mistake in his part. Um, I kind of hope that it was just like you know cho- bad, wor- bad choice of words, and um, he actually it was a sincere apology. Um, and, and maybe he was just frustrated and they lashed out and they sort of just said the first thing that came to his head stupidly, I might add. Um, but to be honest, like you know, I was listening to you guys and. Um, uh, like uh, today on the way to work and stuff like that. Now back a hundred percent, we were saying, you know, um, he hasn't played well enough to to, to to be able to say those type of things. Um, now, I, I kind of hope that the, the team use this as a bit of a springboard, as a bit of a, you know, slap up, slap in the face, a kick in the arse, a bit of a, all right, okay, siege mentality, like let's pull in ranks and let's really, really try to turn things around uh, and show these fans that we are a team worth supporting because, you know, they were heavily booed um, against the Seahawks, and rightfully so, in my opinion, because that 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 result or that game or that performance, that what they put out on the park was 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 not acceptable and was awful. So the fans are going to get on your back because, you know, I think you said it, Dan. You know, we're the ones who pay the wages, we're the ones who buy Game Pass, we're the ones who buy the jerseys. You know, without without the fans, the the, the sport is nothing like it. It goes for all sports, of course. Um, so I kind of hope that you know they sort of like. This is a wake-up call to the whole team. The whole team that look, you know, you, you say these things in frustration, but look, look what the backlash is coming on now. And like, you know, instead of going, oh no, you know, I'll worry about me. I only care about people in this room. No, the fan base is the heart of this team, um, and and you and they owe us. You know, without trying to sort of like, you know, um, up myself or anything like that. You know, they they owe us better performances because it looks like they're not trying. It doesn't look like they've got the heart. Um, it can come down to play call and scheme. I get all that as well, and just you know having bad old line and, and whatnot. You boys went over it very very well. Um, and to be honest, I was being so pissed off this week. Like you know, I stayed up to watch the game, and um, I'm kind of gutted I didn't get on with you boys because last night. Because when I did listen back today, it, it was a little bit of a, li- a lift. You know, it did like a lift of a weight off the shoulders. Like, and I kind of like have come to peace with the result. I'm not happy about it, obviously. But I've kind of come to a bit of peace about it after listening to you boys sort of talk about it. I wish I was on. But again, coming back to the comments, um, you can't make those comments. He's uh, admitted a mistake. You know, he is young in terms of football terms. He's not a he's not a kid, but he is a young man. You know, and he um, has been sheltered his whole life, his whole football life. You know, he's never had a bit of foot wrong. He was a star in high school. He was a star in college. He was a number seventh overall pick. And he's, he's, he's met a bit of adversity in the league. And uh, he hasn't handled it well. And that means playing no. and his comments. Yeah, no, the um, I don't know what world he was in, what, what he's thinking in terms of making those comments, but you know, you kind of do hope in a way it was his his what he said was sort of taken out of context. But you hear that all the time, don't you? You know, players' comments taken out of context and whatever, and it's like, you know what? Just prove yourself on the field. You've apologised now. Cool. Thanks for the apology, Evan. But. Now we need to see your apology on the field. Um, 
And we need to see that translated into that studs, right tackle or right guard, wherever you're going to play and line up on the on the offensive line, that we thought we drafted number seven overall. Um, and just get on the field and just prove to the fans and to the media and to everybody else why you're on this team. Um, it's going to be very difficult for him to do that. And the, the haters are going to be on his back, no doubt about it. Um, should we all just dress up as hot dogs or burgers? I mean, why not? Um, and actions do speak louder than words, for sure. Um, so that's why he needs to go and prove himself on the field um, this weekend, next weekend, and for the rest of the season. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting. And obviously, Saquon's just come out and um, he's added a little bit, a bit of sort of fuel to the fire as well and said, never pick a battle with the fans. You're never going to win it. Exactly, 100% right. Like, And just to go back onto Steve's done. point there, Shane, um, you know, he's going to his first game this week uh, at the MetLife. You know, he's buzzing. You know, obviously, I remember my first time going there, you know, we were kind of like, we were, we were good then. we just come off the back of the Super Bowl win. So it was a, definitely in a different place to when Steve goes out there. But Steve, definitely go out there and enjoy yourself and do film some reactions and, and, and send it to us, you know, tag us in it and, or send it to our DMs and we'll play it on here, like some of the clips and stuff. Like if you do get chatting to fans out there, you, you know, like whenever, like, you know, hopefully you have a really good experience and, you know, we might not win the game, but hopefully we can give a better showing of ourselves. Yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, record Evan Neal entering the field as well when he gets announced because I, I, <laughs> I, I wish I could be there for it. I genuinely do. Um, but, you know, like Jamie said as well, fans make franchises. The franchise is nothing without fans. Like, you know, we, we say in, in England, football is nothing without fans. We've seen that kind of during COVID and in the NFL during COVID as well. It's not got the same atmosphere, the same feel about it. Um, you know, I, I take my hat off to Evan Neal. Okay, you've apologised. You're still a dick, though. So, you know, you, exactly. you've, got a long way, I mean, you've got a long way to go. But, you know, it takes a man at the end of the day to apologise. So, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, he's held his hands up and he's apologised. So that's the first step for forgiveness. But, like I said, translate onto the field and show us show us why we draft you number seven overall. Very quickly speaking of forgiveness, I am producing tonight. So if people hear me typing away, it's either because I, I've messed something up and I'm asking Craig, what am I doing? And <laughs> two, I've got to hit mute. So I do apologise if it, people hear a load of clicking and tapping. I will try to mute myself and then I'll try and remember to unmute myself when I need to talk. <laughs> it's all good, mate. It's all good. Um, yeah, obviously Craig's not here this week, but Shane's filling in for him on producing duties. So, uh, we we forgive you for any mistakes, mate. It's all good. It's all good. You're not used to it. Um, right then, on to week five with the first quarter of the season in the books. We're flying through the schedule at a rate of knots, and the Giants make the trip to Miami on Sunday to take on the three and one Miami Dolphins at Hard Rock Stadium. After starting the season two and zero with wins over Chargers and Patriots, the Dolphins absolutely tore apart the Denver Broncos in week three by putting up seventy points against them. Um, and if if it wasn't for the mercy of head coach Mike McDaniel's, they probably would have had the all time record score. Um, I think they were they were three points short, um, and rather than um, taking the rather than hitting the field goal in the final minutes, they had decided to take a knee and show them a bit of mercy. But putting seventy points up against the Broncos, not just the Broncos, but Sean Payton coached them for Broncos as well. It was um, and he was it was a Broncos ball boy, wasn't he, it was Mike? Uh, Mike. Mike McDaniels, yeah. 
it was a it was a big surprise, uh, and I don't think anyone saw that coming. And it just they just racked the points up like you wouldn't believe. Um, after that, though, last weekend the Dolphins were brought back down to earth a little bit um, at the hands of the Buffalo Bills, um, who won, who put forty eight up, forty eight points up against the Dolphins, won forty eight twenty, thanks to a three touchdown game from Stephon Diggs and the first perfect game rating in Josh Allen's career, uh, perfect perfect passer rating of one five eight point three. Um, you know, he had a, the, the the Bills had an amazing game. Josh Allen was absolutely stellar, um, and the two of them combined for seventy eight. I think seventy eight fantasy points for me this week, which enabled me to win my first fantasy contest this this year in our fantasy league. So, Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, thanks very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, Miami are currently leading the, the leading the league in yards per game with five hundred and eleven yards of offense per game. Um, 334 passing and 176 on the ground. Um, against the Bills, they were pretty much on pace on the ground with 142 yards. However, their passing attack did suffer a little bit and only they dropped to a, a measly 282 yards of passing. You know, measly. Shocking. Uh, defensively, they are giving away a lot of yardage though as well. 361 yards per game, which is the seventh highest in the league. Um Against the Bills, they allowed 323 in the air and 104 on the ground. So they are there for the taking, but they do have a turnover differential of zero. They've given away four interceptions and two fumbles. And they've forced five interceptions and one fumble. So, yeah, they've had some takeaways, but they've also had some giveaways as well. So the Dolphins are definitely, definitely there for the taking in terms of defense, but it's their offense that we've got to be really, really careful of. And talking of the offense, Kev, what can we expect from them? Well, kind of firing all cylinders aren't they like the you know Tua Tagovailoa is shown to be um you know the the player he was who was drafted the top five top six picks I think a few years ago and you know Mike McDaniel's really getting uh the most out of him the best out of him um you know he's leading the NFL in passing yards with a thousand and uh 1306 yards averaging 9.6 a throw you know he's joined second in passing touchdowns with nine uh, and he's second in quarterback rating with 114.4 you know, he's thrown 10 touchdowns to six different players. I mean, that's fair play getting the ball out there and, and moving around. You never know. Um, he doesn't stare down his first read, does he? Um, and, <laughs> and four of those touchdowns have gone to the speeds of Tyreek Hill. He has a 470 yards on 28 receptions. That's third best in the league. And then they've got the the second of the two-headed dragon, you know, the uh, Jalen Waddle. You know, he's the second most receiving yards with 210, averaging 17.5. Um, but he hasn't found the end zone yet. But you, there's always next week, as they say. But um, yeah, like not only the passing, <laughs> yeah, not only the passing game are they formidable. You know, they've got uh, an excellent uh, duo of um, running backs as well. You know, firstly you've got the nine-year veteran Raheem St- uh, Mostart. You know, he's at 250 rushing yards, six touchdowns, 115 receiving yards, and one touchdown. You know, and then rookie sensation Devon Chain. Um, he's another back, you know, who has 309 yards, four rushing touchdowns, 53 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns in three games he's played in. Now, you know, when you've got two players like that who are able to be so interchangeable, you've got the the, the veteran in Mostart, and then you've got the, this rookie who was an absolute blazer, and he ran, I can't remember, Shane, do you remember when he ran in the in the 40-yard dash? It wasn't like 4-3-something? Yeah, I think it was. Devon uh, AK. yeah. But anyway, but like he's such a like if you pull it up, fantastic. But like, yeah, see, an absolute like speedster, a demon, like you know. Very quick. Um, 
I mean, <laughs> I mean, and, and the, the old line's protected well enough for four two this year. I mean, they will. Um, the best player, the left tackle, John Armstead, you know, um, he only made his debut two weeks ago. He's injured. Uh, he got injured against the Bills, and he's likely to miss the game against the Giants. You know, and his replacement, Kendall Lamb, stepped in and played well. Um, but uh, he did give up a sack, and he could be someone, you know, we could target. Um, they're also missing the centre, Connor Williams. I think it's a big, big miss. You know, he's missing with a groin injury. Um, the re- his replacement, uh, Notre Dame alum, Liam Eikenberg, you know, he had a rough game uh, uh, on Sunday, gave up two sacks and a quarterback hit, two hurries. But he's not really a centre. You know, he played the, he played tackle at Notre Dame and then he transitioned to guard in the NFL and now he's been asked to play a centre. So, you know, you've got someone who's unfamiliar, you know, and, and it's not a starting position, you know. So so we can sort of get at, at them out on the edges and also at the middle. I mean, I would love to see um, Big Sexy Dexter get a real good game now and get a real good push. And um, I want to see Kayvon Thibodeau go off the edge, you know, and, and go after Lamb and really sort of like, you know, go after this O-line. Um, but question to you boys is, uh, who specifically needs to have a good game against the Dolphins, uh, against their offense, if we're going to win this game? Shane, who do you think? To be fair, I mean, what we're talking about who, who needs to have a good game against the Dolphins offense. I feel like pretty much most of the defense do. Um, there's players that just haven't stepped up. I mean, like Deontay Banks had a little bit of a rough time the weekend. I'd like to see him bounce back. Um, but I'm going to go for a man who I'm, I'm quite critical of this season, and that's a guy who I don't know if he wants to be a joint going forward. That's Xavier McKinney. He's just not been good enough. He's not performed to the level that we expected him to. He's a leader in that room, especially in that DB room. I mean, yeah, okay, you've got a Dory Jackson, but then behind that, Xavier McKinney's the next leader. And he's not talking like a leader, whether it's, you know, I don't always say in the dressing room, but when he's speaking to the media, he's certainly not talking like a leader, talking about, you know, ignoring what the fans are saying, which we've covered on previous pods, so I'm not going to go into it. But I'd just like to see him, you know, he, he, he's got to know he's being questioned, his, his uh, efforts being questioned, his tackling's pretty short, let's be honest with you. It's, it's not good tackling at the minute, especially for a safety. Um, you know, you call the safety for a reason. You, you're, the, you're that safety blanket and he's just not been good enough. So I'd like to see him kind of have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and this negativity that he's been experiencing, turn it round and use it and kind of show, look, head there and this is why you should pay me. This is why I should have a second contract because the talent's there, 100% the talent is there. He was the best, um, he was the best um, safety is the word I'm looking for. He's the best safety yeah. in that class in 2020, in my opinion. So I'd like to see him get it, to be honest with you. And Dan, over to you. A question for you. So with the two fantastic wide receivers that um, that, that uh, the Dolphins have in Waddle and um, the Speedster Hill, do you think, how do you think our rookie cornerbacks uh, will hold up against them two specifically? Well, I think Tay Banks has done. He's he's been he's played well so far in in the four games. I think he's probably been one of the standout players on defense. To be perfectly honest with you, uh, interestingly, I've Trey Williams. He didn't get a single snap on defense last week um, in the in the Seahawks game, and I know Dave's was asked about it in his press conference yesterday, and he just didn't fit the scheme that they they'd drawn up for the Seahawks game. I'm thinking. You've got one of our, you know, really hot rookies who's playing really well for his first games. He doesn't fit your defensive scheme for the Seahawks game. Why? Why? I mean, I think 
don't give, I think Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are both unbelievable athletes. Um, but at the same time, I think Deontay Banks and Trey Williams are a very, very good um, rookie cornerbacks as well. And I think they can they can they can hold their own against them. Um, but the, the, going back to your original question, the one player I want to see step up, he has a captain badge on his chest for a reason, and you know he's meant to be one another one of the leaders on this defense, and that's Leonard Williams. With the the, the banged up offensive line for the Dolphins, you want to see your your defensive lineman step up and, and and put put the pressure on. Leo Williams, mate, you need to start doing something to be even within a chance of getting a new contract. You're getting paid what? 30 million, 30 million a year to do absolutely fuck all. 10 total tackles, three, four games with half a sack, no tackles for loss. Been shocking so far this season. He really needs to step up and deliver where we need him to. Um, but in all honesty, the whole defence needs to step up. Um, and, you know, it's, it's hard to pick, really, to pinpoint one defender. Um, but yeah, those five defensive captains, I think, was it five? Okereke? McKinney, Adoree, um, Dexter Lawrence and Lennon Williams, five defensive captains. They all need to step up and really show why they're leaders on this defence for sure. So just to add on to this question, I'd like to bring a special guest in. Do we have producer Craig in the wings? Hello, Good evening. Hello. How are hello. we? Hello, hello. So I'm going to ask you more generally. He just again. couldn't keep away. <laughs> I'm just glad. I'm just glad to have all four of us back on. And um, so, Craig, over to you. Do you think pass rush will be the key, or pass defense will be the key? Um, I think it's going to be it's going to be pass pass rush. Really, is is going to be going to be the key, especially when you look at what you guys were already saying about the offensive line. Um, it's hard to say that a backup offensive line is going to do crap anymore because the Seahawks kind of poo-pooed that idea and we're not exactly showing um, the other side of the coin, are we? So, you know, it's um, it's not ideal. But I do think that if, if either side are going to have to make the difference here, it's going to be pass rush. Um, I think it, it sounds bad, but I think Trey Banks... Uh, sorry, Trey Hawkins, Tay Banks, Trey Hawkins... Trey Hawkins has kind of taken that back seat now, hasn't he? Um, and I think going forward, we're going to see a Dory on the outside with with Tay. Um, so I think it's it's the hopefully the backfield is a little bit more shored up than it has been, and I, th I guess the veteran presence is what Dave's is going for there. So I'd like to see the pass rush really really break out. Um, Kayvon and Ojolari did really well in the um, considering the circumstances. So it'd be nice to see what they do. And I definitely, definitely meant Trey Hawkins, not Trey Williams. I had Leonard Williams on the mind, you see. <laughs> we're all doing it. Yeah, mate, we're all doing it. Um, no, yeah, defensive, defensively, um, you know, we, we've really got a lot to, lot to improve on. But the missed tackles is a big concern still um, for me as well. So we need, to, we need to improve that. We did improve against the Seahawks uh, in comparison to the previous week. Uh, but it, it's still an issue. So, yeah. We need to we need to get nip that in a bud and get that sorted. Um, all right then. So, Shane, what about the Dolphins D? What are we up against? Yeah. So moving on from um, moving on from the 
our, our defence to the Dolphins' defence. They've been a little bit up and down uh, to start the season, to be honest. They had a bit of a rough start against the Chargers, um, which was pretty much back and forth. Obviously, we watched that game um, in Birmingham for the 14 yards meet-up, and it was it literally was like a little bit of a, a boxing match. It was back and forth until the very end, really. Um, but they shored things up against the Patriots and the Broncos. They had the worst showing of the season against divisional rivals, the Buffalo Bills, as they recorded season low scores in tackling and coverage as well. So hopefully that can kind of keep that going this week and, and be just as poor when they play us. Um, I mean, the run defence grades, they're not too bad on paper. We take into account the backs they've had that faced the last three weeks. It kind of masks over the issues. Obviously, week one, they, got, they come up against Austin Eckler, who... He's probably one of the most underrated running backs in in this league right now, in my opinion. And you know, probably he's in the top five, but for me, uh, active backs. Um, and they gave up 234 yards on the ground. Uh, 117 of them were to Austin Eckler, and 91 were to Joshua Kelly, who was a uh, late round pick a few years ago. Um, since then, the most I've allowed to one player was Ramondre Stevenson, who had 50 yards in week two. So, obviously, Barkley's healthy, which I'm sure we'll cover in a, a little while. Um, it'll be interesting. But, obviously, Wandale looked quite good when he, he had a couple of handoffs on, on Monday night. And, he, you know, he pretty good. It was something that he, he did at Kentucky quite a lot. He was in the backfield a lot. So, you know, I've, I've no issues. I, I, I mean, just touching on our running backs very quickly. Obviously, our mate Gary... Kind of seems to be like the, the third down back, not being much in the run game. And then Eric Gray, I mean, someone made a great point on Twitter on Monday night. He can't field punts, obviously, and he can't pass blocks. So what's he on this team for at the minute? God only knows. So, you know, I'd probably rather see Wandale mixed up in the running back um, committee when we're going to rest Matt Breeder. Um, but on the pass rush side of things for the Dolphins, that flew out the blocks. They had nine sacks in the first two games. It slowed down, though, and they've only had three in the last two. Um, Andrew Van Ginkel's had to step in due to injury to um, first-round pick in Miami a few years ago, Jalen Phillips, who I was very, very high on. And then um, he's had three this season. And Bradley Chubb, uh, who obviously had traded four from the Broncos a couple of years ago, uh, has two. Um, both of them were from the Week 2 game against the Patriots, though. And then obviously, if we move from their pass rush to their secondary, they made a big trade in the uh, in the off season, bringing in Jalen Ramsey. However, obviously he went and got injured, which is unfortunate for them. But he's probably going to come back at the right time for for Miami to be honest, ready for that running for the, the playoffs. Um, so you know you you got to look at someone like um, Xavier Howard, who again a couple of years ago did he have like nine interceptions in one in one year or so, a couple of years? Like absolutely ridiculous stats. So. I, I hate to mention it, but obviously that's something DJ's got to watch out for. You know, he's, he's turning the ball over a little bit too much than what we want, and you can't afford to to stare down your receivers. If, if a rookie like Devin Witherspoon's picking it up, then a vet, seasoned veteran like Xavier Herod is 100% going to um, be be monitoring it. But, um, you know, they've also got... Um, Kohu, is it, is, is it pronounced, I think? Kohu? Kohu? Um who's a cornerback as well. Kate is it Kate Kohu, isn't it? K yeah, Kohu. I don't know. I don't hopefully it's not a name we're going to be hearing too often anyway. That, that's the main thing I'm bothered about. Um but you know so far neither of them have been great. They've given up 356 yards uh, between the two of them and also three touchdowns. They've also given away six penalties. Would have been eight but two of those were declined and that was for 86 yards. Um so 
I know we sound like a broken record here, but we need to get the running game going with all without Barkley. We have planned quite a lot, in my opinion, especially over the last couple of games. But, Dan, do you think Kafka should focus more on a rushing offence to take the heat off Daniel Jones a little bit, who, you know, is turning the ball over, like I've mentioned? Um, yes and no. I think he needs to he needs to run the ball more, don't get me wrong. And I think that running the ball without Barkley, running the ball starts with Daniel Jones. So he needs to, he need, we need some more design run plays for Dan Jones. At the same time, if Breeder isn't working, why, like, why is our mate Gary not be, not getting more reps? Um, Eric Gray's is clearly not at the right at the stage where he's trusted in the backfield yet. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. Like, get someone like a Wandell Robinson even there, even get us like someone a Sterling Shepherd, just someone that can and that can run the ball out of the backfield and actually gain some positive yardage because we're really struggling in the run game, and it's making us so one dimensional that. You know, all you know, we come up against a, a solid defense. Um, you know, not the greatest of defenses, but a, a fairly solid defense in Miami. And if you know, they, they can force turnovers, we know that. So, if if they force a turnover, chances are they're going to score points off of it. So, we're, we're going to be on the back foot straight away. So, yeah, I do think we need to get a running game going. Um, obviously, it's a shame not to have Barkley in there because he's he can he's a jack of all trades, he can do everything. Um, but at the same time, I think we need to see more design run plays for Daniel Jones. We need to see more, um, you know, we need to see more of Gary Brightwell. We need to try to see, even get a little glimpse of Eric Gray. Yeah, he didn't, he muffed the punt at the weekend against Seattle. But um, even again, Dave's come out and said they were they were showing some really unusual different punts that we weren't expecting. And, and the first one that, that came came his way was was one that he, he just didn't know how to deal with it. So he muffed it. Um and that that's going to come down to inexperience, and you know he's a rookie at the end of the day, so you kind of get it. But the fact that we've not seen anything from him in terms of actually being part of this offense is is a little bit worrying. It's almost a case like you said, Shane. Why is he on the roster if he's if he's not going to be part of this offense? So yeah, we do we do need to get a run game going. That's for sure. Kev, do you want to see us focus on that run game a bit more, even without Saquon? Um, yeah, we need to. I mean. We have to get the run game going because you saw last year we were at our best running the ball efficiently, not mad, not mad fantastically well, but efficiently. And um, and teams had to respect that a bit. So our play action game was good. This year now, especially with like Barkley in the team and the offensive line the way it is, they're not respecting the play action. They're just dropping back. So when Daniel Jones is coming off play action, he looks up. And there's everyone in the everyone's deep, everyone's deep back. Like none of the linebackers have bitten, none of them have come forward like into the into the offensive line. Um so so we need to get going on the run game to be able to make play action effective. And I say bring bring uh, Gray in. He needs to, I give him a series or two. Give him like, you know, let's try and like even if we punt it, I say run the ball four times. Like honest to God, like just run, run, pick pick three or four of your best running plays, hard running plays. Two tight end sets and go for it. We're we're kind of missing like a Myrick as well, like you know that extra like uh, full backy H back type tight end, you know who can kind of crack block, you know he can like um, come around the back and uh, and smash at the end as he as he gets free off the edge. We're really missing something like that, like you know, you know get up the hard yards. I mean, if you that, get three, 
on that Kev. When when we were playing the Niners, obviously they got Carl Juszczyk. I was thinking we could really do with a fullback right about now. A hundred percent. I mean, like you know, we really kind of get need to get dirty, down and dirty. You know, get you know, if you pick up three yards every every run, I mean, obviously you're not going to get that. But you know, what I mean, like four times. That's 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 a um, that's a that's a first down. And this this sneak, whatever they did, the two two old offensive linemen running up Daniel Jones's arse. I mean. Two, two of our players got injured on that play. That's a, I don't know what was going on there. But like just back to your point, we definitely need to make an emphasis. I mean, we're just throwing incomplete passes and interceptions anyway. So why not come off the field from trying to run the ball? Do you know what I mean? You might break one. And, and someone like Breda or Gray might be able to, to get 50, 60 yards or take it to the house. I really do think we do need to like go out there because at the moment we're just passing. We It's obvious we're passing all the time. And teams are just playing us that way. So we really... Even if the run game isn't overly effective, we just need to get something going in the wrong game and just have some have the defense respecting it a little bit. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather end a drive on a three and out after three running plays where we don't make the ten yards than turning the ball over and you know the 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 Dolphins having good field position. I'd much rather do three and out, punt the ball away. They start. They start at the twenty-five yard, rather than them starting at the forty or the fifty, or even in in, in Giants territory, because we've turned the ball over. I mean, we're not expected to win this game, so why not try and get some rhythm in the run game going? Why not just go out there and just plan to run the ball as much as possible and get some rhythm? I mean, Craig, have you got any thoughts on it? I think the key thing here is exactly what you said um, when you say about the fact that. You know, we're passing the ball too much and the, the linebackers are, are sitting so deep. There's no manipulation on the defence and that's what a running game gives you. It gives you the opportunity to catch players out of position by essentially fooling them into a full sense of security. They, you know, they, they, they bite on the run and then all of a sudden we have somebody who's in that soft spot between the sort of cornerback and safety and linebacker in that nice little area in the middle, which is exactly where we want Waller to feast. That's the whole reason we've got Waller is to eat in that kind of area, uh, and you're, you you know you nailed it absolutely by saying we just we don't have we don't commit to the run enough to be able to manipulate a defense into second guessing themselves and make mistakes. That's why everything looks so shit at the moment because it, it's so easy to read what the Giants do. We need to be, and, and this this really falls on Kafka. It, it does fall on Kafka's head in the fact that he's, and we mentioned it last night, that it's just unimaginative. And he needs to be more clever. You know, there are, there are certain offences out there who are much worse than us on paper, yet they're able to get stuff. And 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 it does kind of fall on DJ as well. Uh, there was a point that I forgot to make last night, which was the fact that watching the London game, the commentators were talking about Ridder and how he was staring down his receivers. And then the second half, Ridder was kind of kind of playing a little game of cat and mouse with them by looking at the receiver and throwing it off. Why, why can't we see DJ do that? Why can't we see DJ make that kind of that snap quickly? If, if Ridder, who's a second-year player, can do it in the space of halftime, how have we not seen that in four games? And just quickly, just come back another point as well. I think we're relying too much on Barkley. We're relying too much on other teams being scared of Barkley. So when he's on the field, then they're respecting the run. But mm. we need to kind of make them a bit scared of our other backs as well. I mean, it doesn't feel that like we've got a true number two. You know how many teams have like a 
like a two or two headed monster. Like it doesn't really feel like we've got that. It feels like we've got, you know, Breda, who is just a speed guy who would be third or fourth on a normal team. And Gray is a running back, a rookie running back that they don't seem to trust, as Dan pointed out. Now, this, like I said, you know, we need to sort of get out there. And like, we haven't got uh, Barkley, so we need to make teams scared of our other backs. Yeah, for sure. Um, like the Dolphins, obviously, they've got they've got uh, Mostert and uh, Shane, and it's like, well, either one of them can do damage. You look at you look at teams in our division. You look at the Dallas Cowboys. They they've got two pretty damn good running backs in. Pollard and what's the other guy's name? Deuce Vaughn. That's Deuce Vaughn. Um, yeah. Deuce Vaughn. And they got the, the Lions. Third got, one, the Lions have got Gibbs and Montgomery. Decent. Yep. The, the Eagles again. You know, there's so there's so many teams that have two good running Even backs. The Jets. They can they can chop and change and exactly they can chop and change. We have as soon as we lose Barkley, that's it. Our run game is pretty much abandoned and. You know, we we just we're just one dimensional, and unfortunately, but for Barkley, you know, he's had his injury problems in the past, and obviously he's got this high ankle sprain now. That in all likelihood, he's probably not going to go this week. Um, you know, Craig, you got the updated injury report? Uh, I do. Yeah, give me two seconds because I've just clicked <laughs> off of it for two seconds because you sent something right. in the group chat about Evan Neal. <laughs> right, <mate. laughs> I was I was I was intrigued by that Evan Neal thing. Um yeah that so yeah Dan Duggan um Shane Lemieux John Michael Smith Andrew Thomas all not participating in practice again second day in a row does not bode well for the offensive line. Uh, Barkley limited in practice. However, I did see something earlier where it said that um, he didn't quite look as smooth as he did yesterday. So I wonder if that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, Bellinger was limited with his knee injury. Um, Brightwell, McKeithen, Neil, Ojolari, Robinson, Wondell, that is, and Michael McFadden all on the limited list. Um, starting to kind of look a little bit like a shopping list again, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little bit concerning. Um, you know, hopefully a lot of these um, guys that are limited are just being sort of held back for a day just to sort of give them a rest or give them a sort of a, a lower snap count. Um, but yeah, it's, it starts to get concerning when you see the injury list start growing and growing and growing and, and, and getting any better. And you start seeing your your big-time players that are out for three, four, five weeks in a row. Obviously, Thomas... We expected him to potentially expect him to be back at the 49ers game. And then he didn't go. And then we thought he might be back for Seattle. Then now he didn't go. And now is, is he going to be back this week? Probably not. And it's like, how long is that going to rumble on for? It'll give us a definitive answer. He's out for six weeks. Okay, we don't expect him. Rather than a week by week sort of thing. It's, yeah. But um, yeah, injuries, it's a, it's a bit, it is a bit of a concern, um, especially coming you know, these next two games. We've got Miami this week, we've got Buffalo next week. Two very very good teams that can both put up points, so it's uh, it's going to be tough if we're going to be um, putting our, our second and third string guys out in the field against these powerhouse offenses that uh, can do damage against anyone. Um, the Giants, what do they need to do to win? Um, I really don't think it matters what we say. We need to focus on what you know because we spoke last week about the Seahawks' supposed strengths and weaknesses. Yet the Giants offered, I mean, to be perfectly honest, the Giants offered absolutely fuck all. Uh, defensively, we need to just to continue the improvements that are slowly come in and continue to improve the missed tackles, like I said earlier. Yes, we still gave away 10 missed tackles against the Seahawks, but 
that's seven less than what we gave away against the 49ers. So, you know, let's see that improvement in that trend. Let's see that cut down to five this week, five missed tackles this week. We'll take that any day, uh, especially as we had 17 two weeks ago. Offensively, we've managed to one half of decent play um, in, what is it, four games, so 16 quarters, and we've actually turned up for two of them. Ching. <laughs> uh, we need to get points on the board. It's as simple as that. Um, the Ola needs to protect Daniel Jones better. We all know that, and we all know how difficult that's going to be. Uh, but we also need Daniel Jones to stop being so skittish, stop being so scared. Um, I mean, I get why he's scared in the pocket. You know, he's got no, he's got no, no one protecting him, so he's going to be scared. You know, being sacked ten times against Seattle, don't no, there's no surprise, there's no wonder he's scared back there, and he's he's just a, a ghost of himself of what he was last year. Um, but he needs to recognise those defensive lineups. He needs to recognise that, you know, there's he's he's got five five men protection on on the line, off, offensive line, and he's got six men opposing him on the defensive line. He needs to call in an audible and get someone to actually throw in a block where they need to throw in a block. And you know that's basic. That's basic football. Hmm, we're outnumbered on the line. I might need to get somebody else in there. Let's throw in an audible. Let's throw in an alert. Come on. You know, it doesn't matter how bad the offensive line is, though. You've got to stop those free runners um, because free runners are just you know, untouched, run at the quarterback, and they're going to take him down. Um, and we've seen that far too much over the last four weeks. And please, 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 for the love of God, can special teams not give away so many needless fucking penalties? Um, because I'm fed up of it. I'm absolutely fed up of it. Um, Thomas McGahee, like, sort your squad out because far too many penalties given away on special teams. You know, it might not be, it might be our uh, five yards added on to the end of the run, 10 yards added on to the end of the run. It doesn't, doesn't seem like much, but actually, it means they start off with a lot better field position than they were going to in the first place. <clears throat> just need to just cut out the mistakes, cut out the errors, cut out the silly little things. You know, the penalties, we're giving away far too many penalties each game. I know, like when you play bad, it's a lot. It's a lot easier to give away penalties, but just stop it. Just there's no need for them. Um, you know, trust in this team is at an all-time low. Well, is it? It's an all-time low for over the last since so, the sort of Shane and Dable project started um, last year. But what's the one thing you want to see from the Giants this weekend to make see that they're making progress, Kev? I want. I want to see. I want to see the defense continue to to make progress because I do believe that they are that they have been making progress, um, and they um, I thought they played quite well against the Seahawks. Obviously, there was stuff that you know we could improve on, but I thought I'd like to see them build on that. You know, Thibodeau come out and build on what he did last week. Um, but again, I come back to the conversation we just had. Like, really, really attempt to run the ball. Like, really, like give it a good go. Like, like I said, we're not expected to win this game. So why not go out and just try to get into some sort of rhythm? Give Gray some extended carries. Like, what difference does it make? Like, if we time of possession, if we have lots of time, time of possession, and we can like, move the ball on the ground, like it would be massive going forward, building confidence in the team. Like a good way to build a team is having a good run game. So, like, I know we've just talked about it, but I think I think for me that's it. You know, the defense build on the the solid game we had last week and um, try and get some sort of running game going. Shane, what about you? What do you think? What do you, what's the one thing you want to see? I just want to see a competent offence be run. I want to see the likes of Darren Waller targeted. I want to see the likes of Jalen Hyatt spreading the field and being targeted. He's getting snaps 
and the, the times we've got the ball to him, it's been exciting. You know that Cardinals matchup when he got the game, when he when he got the ball, it was targeted to him and he got it. Us four watching it together, very similar to like what here we are right now. When we're all like, you know, yes, that's what we want to see. That's what we wanted him for. And then we're not we're not targeting him. And then like I say with Darren Waller, you know, you bring him in, you bring him in to not target him. What's the point? So like you know, I just want to see the offense looking competent. The likes of Darren Waller and Jalen Hyatt targeted a little bit more often. Frank. Um, I'd like to see us score a first quarter or first half touchdown. I mean, that would be quite nice. Um, just points on the board. Point, points on the board would be something. I mean, we did it against the Niners intermittently. We did it in the, against the Cardinals in the second half. Week one didn't happen. Um, last week was poor. <laughs> you know, he, he, last week we had the opportunity for points and decided to try the tush push. Um, I'm not calling it what the Eagles fans are calling it because it's the shittest name in the history of football. Um, and just, I, I just, I just want, uh, you know, I'm kind of on the same, you know, same kind of board as Shane is there. Just competency from the offense. The defense has shown enough to go, you know what? We're not 30th in the power rankings. We're 18th in the power rankings, 19th in the power rankings. If the offense can show as much as what the defense has in improvement terms, we'll get there. But until then, we don't deserve to be above 30, really. Nope. No, we don't. One, one thing I want to see is a turnover. <laughs> actually, It's actually the defence forcing a turnover. Whether it's an interception, a forced fumble, or whatever, I don't care what it is. Just force a turnover. Get the ball in decent field position. You know, and that could then lead to points being put on the board. But just just go back uh, to this, these previous comments. Sorry, just quickly about oh. Waller. Um, I think you know Daniel Bellinger's injury is really harming Waller as well. I mean, like they're mm. asking Waller to stay in and chip block before he goes out on his routes and stuff, and it's just so hard for him to get the separation then when he's having to try and stay in and try and help the offensive line. So you know, and if Bellinger's not in the field, what other blocking tight end have we got? I mean, we haven't. You're talking about bringing in an extra offensive lineman. So, so I think Bellinger, his fitness will be key. This uh, will be one of the keys this week as well. Yeah, big time. Um, question from Steve: Did you guys see the post on Twitter from a supposed NFL qualified coach saying the plays we run the show, the plays we run show the coaches don't actually trust Andrew Jones? Thoughts on that? Interesting. I mean, it says a lot. I mean, we did, we did, we, you know, we've, we've been speaking about it and um, it's a bit of an eye-opening article. I mean, it is quite interesting to see. I mean, I just don't understand. Those two ha those two quarters of football against the Cardinals were so good. They were so good, but the rest have been so bad. So it would make more sense if they were bad as well. So how, how, how what happened there? How did they find the, the connections there? How did they find the correct plays there? I mean, um, and again, Dan, you made a really good point earlier. Like, you know, I think Daniel Jones is seeing ghosts a little bit. I think he's just so frightened, you know, of like making mistakes. It's making him make mistakes. And like on the the, the touchdown um, interception touchdown last week, he, I think he knew when he's that when he pit um, his hand up uh, JMS's bum to get that snap, he knew he was going to Paris Campbell. 
there was no reading. There was no reading. He pulled the ball out and he threw it. Like it was just automatic. He knew that's what he was doing. And and you can't do that as an NFL quarterback. Yeah. No, I mean that that, that video that um that Dan Olowski was going, the breaking down that play. You know, Paris Campbell was always at number one read. D, uh, Darren Waller was number two, and uh, was it one down number three? Mm. You just you, you look at where um, Devon Witherspoon is, and he is just he's just there watching watching Daniel Jones. His head doesn't move, his eyes don't move, and you know what, full well where he's going. And he just that's that's his problem. He just does not look away from his first read, and it's almost like it, because he doesn't do it. It's like, is is it all that sort of old adage if you can't teach an old dog new tricks? Is he is can you can he just not do that? Does he just always stare down his receiver and he won't ever learn not to do that? But Darren Waller was open on that thing. He wasn't as open as people Wide think. Wide open. But, but but if you've got someone that's six foot six against a cornerback who's six foot ish, maybe less, then just put it up high. And if you it's miss just... Waller, you at least you miss it in out of the back of the end zone. But you have a more better chance of Waller coming back there. But this is why we brought Darren Waller in is to, to to make plays in the end zone in the red zone, and put the ball in his hands, man. Put the ball up in the air. He's going to make the play. Don't be scared to put the ball up in the air. You know, sometimes if he gets picked off, fine, it happens. But at least you put the ball in play. Don't throw it in close into the chest of Paris Campbell, and let a, let a defensive back run in front of it, and not just a defensive back, but one that's playing really well as well. So. Yeah, we need to we need to sort that out. All right, then it's predictions. Uh, predictions time, um, and as usual, I'm up first. Um, I hate picking against the Giants just because I I just don't enjoy it. But I I can't see us beating the Dolphins this weekend. They're they, they're free scoring on offense. Um, it, it, they they're playing really well. You obviously they had a down week against against Buffalo last week. Um, we need to put some points on the board, and I think we do put some points on the board, um, but we lose the game. I've gone 34-16 Dolphins. Uh, Kev? Yeah, I've, I've, I've kind of like very similar vein to yourself. I mean, I, I, I think, like, like I said, if we can get some sort of running game going, keep the possession, time the clock, um, get the ball moving a little bit, I think we will be able to score. Um, but I think the Dolphins will just have far too much firepower and um, I can see them winning 31-21. Shane? Yeah, another Dolphins win here as well. I've gone 38-10 for Miami. Um, simple reason being, I've seen nothing from this New York Giants team that makes me think they're going to win. Um, you know, Kev just alluded to there. What did we see in the second quarter, in the, in the second half of the Arizona game? Unpopular opinion with some fans, but I think it spoke more about Arizona's defence than it spoke about the New York Giants offence, in my opinion. Um, I've seen nothing to convince me that this team's going to get a win anytime soon. And producer Craig, as you're with us now, you might as well give your prediction. Are you lone wolf in it? <laughs> no, 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 no. I think you're, I think you're a brave, brave man to lone wolf something like this. Um, I've, I've gone very similar to Kev. In fact, me and Kev gave our our picks pretty much within a few seconds. Oh wow! Of each other and very, very close. Um, I, I I just think that obviously I'm guessing Kev's gone for three touchdowns there for the Giants. I've gone for two and two field goals. Um, I, I just three don't... touchdowns, three. <laughs> wow. Um, I just I just feel like you're going up against such a high octane offense that 
they'll take advantage of the fact that the um the defense will probably be gassed for a lot of it i don't see us getting a consistent amount of drives i think they will dominate the time of possession as well um and i just feel like in the end it would just be a step too far well oh, i mean Steve. i'll take any i'll take Steve. i'll take any of those scores i mean up 41-17. I mean, to be fair, I'll, I'll take that score as long as the, the Dolphins put, don't put up another 70-burger. I'll be happy. Did Steve forget to put the Giants word at the first before that, did he? <laughs> they don't get Giants 41-17 Miami, no? I mean, if that, I mean, if that happens, then wow. <laughs> wow. I will... Yeah. Are we going down to know that if, if New York Giants win, I will have <laughs> you. Let's shall we? Shall we? Yeah. Shall we? <laughs> Go on then, Shane. As you as you suggested it. Go on, you start off. Okay, if the Giants win, I'll buy a Daniel Jones jersey. Oh, you've stole mine. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Kev, if the Giants win. The Giants win. Oh, I don't know. That's a tough one. You can pick anything. It ain't gonna happen. So <laughs> I know, but like I'm trying, I'm trying to think of stuff that involves keeping my clothes on as well. Like you know, don't want <laughs> any. No one needs to see topless Kev on social media or anything like that. No, no, no. I mean, that's a great thing. Oh, Kevin Steve. Washington meetup. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, right, if we win, we're all doing shots of fireball to meet up. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I was planning on doing that oh. anyway, but what, what, <laughs> we need something specific to you. Don't try and throw us into it as well. I, I was waiting. I was waiting for the uh, oh if the God. Giants win, then we've got the OnlyFans photo shoot on speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if the joints, we will do a, uh, a calendar. <laughs> we'll do a calendar. Yes. The calendar boys, yeah? Right, okay. Honest to God, right. If, if, if we win this game, uh, me and Craig will put together uh, a calendar of me in different Giants jerseys and other uh, poses and whatnot. <laughs> Full 12 it'll be available to purchase. It'll be available to purchase from the Etsy store. On our Etsy store. No, it's like that. Uh, Craig? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I, uh, screw it. If if the Giants win on our review podcast, I will do a shot of tequila every 10 minutes. Oh. <laughs> Get ready for a two-hour podcast. All right. If the, if the Giants win, I will do the sexy Dexy and film it and put it on TikTok and on all our socials. That, that's quite funny because uh, Steve just put the Giants Wait. win. You can do a TikTok dance trend. We'll, we'll all do the sexy Dexy and whack it on TikTok. There you go. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not going to happen, but you never know. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. All right. Now, now um, before we go, um, and thanks to, the, to Steve and Steve for your... Um, for your predictions um we can kind of agree with both of you on them uh before we go we've had a, a dm this week informing us that a, a certain listeners or viewers uh birthday is uh this coming weekend uh big thanks to donna for letting us know so a huge shout out to uh 
regular viewer, Steve Holt. Happy 40th birthday, my friend, for Saturday. Um, we hope you have a great weekend and hope that Big Blue give you the, that, that W that as a perfect birthday gift. Um, and we'll, it, you know, we'll get that TikTok dance trend started up for you as well as, as, an, as another additional birthday present. So, uh, yeah, happy and get your arse down on the 22nd and we'll get your birthday drink. So he's, he's not going to be gonna... here on the 22nd. Oh, yeah, he's going to have to give. <laughs> he's going to be in the in the States. He's going to come on this game for his birth uh, for, in two weeks' time. So enjoy that. And, uh, you know, hopefully you being there's a good luck charm and we, and we get the win when you're there, mate. So, yeah, happy birthday, Steve, from all of us here on the podcast. And also, happy birthday today, Mr. El Jefe. Have a great day, too. Nice. Um, unfortunately, uh, that is all we've got time for this week. However, ah, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome, Steve. Uh, we will be back uh, to review the game on Monday evening, usual time at 8.30pm. Um, so make sure you join us then. Uh, anything else to add before we go, guys? That's one for you there, Shane, I think. I think Steve's been on the tequila for the, like, every 10 minutes on the pod <laughs> I think it comes down to one of those. I think it comes down to this game that just just give us something that we can get hold of, something we can get behind. You know, whether it's you know an interception, you know, some some more sacks, um, you know, get the run game going, you know, positive uh, passing game. I mean, just something for us to latch onto and go, okay, you know, that's that's positive. Like you know, just give us some hope. And not not a moth draft. I take it that you're not referring to that. <laughs> <laughs> Mock drafts already, Shane. Right, look what the team's done to me. Yeah, true that. True that. One one season of optimism and it's all gone out the window. In yeah, the space it's, of it's sucked out of me over like four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's right. We get our new right tackle in the draft. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> better not. The look, the so look. Ready. I was ready to leave then. I was ready to just fucking shut my laptop down. <laughs> No, I, 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 we can't. We can't draft another offensive lineman in the first round. God, God, uh, and, uh, God first round. <laughs> you didn't need to say that. We don't need to draft another offensive lineman. I'm not really saying. Look what you look what you've done. I'm going to bed in. It's going to be three a.m. and I'm going to be buzzing and you're going to be rushing through me. You having dream about offensive lineman? <laughs> I mean. On that note, Shane, I don't want to keep you up too much longer. So if you've got to be up at 3am, but yeah, I mean, we won't talk about mock drafts just yet. It's way too early. Um, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and hit the bell to get the latest no some notifications and updates. Check out our Etsy shop, etsy.com forward slash Big Blue UK IRL to get your hands on some pod merch. Uh, Giants Dolphin in the heat of Miami, two and three. Could it be? Probably not, but you never know. Uh, my thanks as ever goes to Kev, to Shane and producer Craig Carbon so late and to the viewers and listeners for tuning in we're signing off until next time let's go giants